Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with Emily Carrico, race director for the Little 500 bike races at Indiana University. Trace Jackson Davis officially declares for the NBA draft. IU men's basketball is headed to the Big Apple, and Bloomington North's J.Q. Roberts is an Indiana All-Star. We'll have our high school scoreboard update and look ahead to the weekend IU Athletics, so let's talk sports. We will start with Trace Jackson Davis officially declaring for the 2023 NBA Draft. Jackson Davis announced earlier in the season he would not use his fifth year and participate in Senior Day ceremonies against Michigan. Jackson Davis is the second IU player to declare for the draft, joining freshman Jalen hood Shafino. Jackson Davis is the only player in Indiana basketball history to score over 2,000 career points and pull down 1,000 career rebounds. He finishes his story career as the school's all-time leader in rebounds and block shots. Indiana men's basketball is set to compete in the Empire Classic in New York City. The event will take place November 19th and 20th at Madison Square Garden. The Hoosiers will join national champion UConn, Texas, and Louisville in the field. Matchups, time, and television will be announced at a later date. IU is 14-12 and 12 all-time in Madison Square Garden, and this marks a homecoming for Mike Woodson, who was drafted by the New York Knicks in 1980, played with the team from 1980 to 81, head coach in 2012 to 2014, and two stints as an assistant coach from 2011 to 2012 and 2020 to 2021. Bloomington North's J.Q. Roberts has been named a 2023 Indiana All-Star, The 6'8 Vanderbilt signee becomes the 10th All-Star from Bloomington North and the 26th from Monroe County. He will play against the Kentucky All-Stars June 9th in Owensboro and June 10th at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Roberts will play against the Indiana Junior All-Stars June 7th at a location to be determined later. Roberts will have a busy month as he plays April 16th at the Hoosier Basketball Coaches Association All-Star Game at North Davies and April 29th at the Hoosiers Reunion All-Star Classic at the Hoosier Gym in Knightstown. Evansville will host the 2024 IHSAA Wrestling State Championships February 16th and 17th at the Ford Center. This marks the first time that Evansville has hosted an ISHAA state finals in any sport. The Ford Center has hosted the Evansville Wrestling Semi-State for 11 of the last 12 years since opening in 2011 and has a capacity of 11,000. Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, which hosted the state finals every year since opening in 2000, is unavailable due to the 2024 NBA All-Star Game being held there on the same weekend. Former Indiana men's basketball player Logan Duncombe transfers to Xavier University. The 6'10 Duncombe is from Cincinnati and played at Archbishop Muller High School. In two seasons at IU, he played in just 18 games, averaging 2.9 points and 1.7 rebounds per game as a sophomore. Duncombe's best game at IU was December 20, 2022 against Elon, where he scored 10 points and pulled down 5 rebounds. 
High school sports time. Let's check the local high school scoreboard. In baseball, Jasper beats Bloomington South 6-5. Bloomington North 3-2 over Linton. Bloomington South 6-2 over Edgewood. Bloomington North 8-2 over Columbus North. Bloomington North sweeps Lawrence North in the doubleheader 6-3 and 5-2. And Bloomington South beats Vincennes Lincoln in the doubleheader 9-2 and 10-1. In softball, Bloomington North beats Eastern Green 4-0. Shelbyville 14 to 5 over Bloomington North, Jennings County 10 to 4 over Bloomington North, Bloomington South beat Shackamack 8 to nothing, Edgewood beat Terre Haute North 12 to 9, lost to Hamilton Southeastern 10 to 4, lost to Mooresville 10 to 1 and beat West Vigo 19 to 13 at the Terre Haute South tournament. In girls track and field, Bloomington South 94 37 over Columbus East, Bloomington South 73 and a half to 53 and a half over Columbus North. Bloomington North, 120.5, Bedford North, Lawrence, 31.5, Brown County, 12, Martinsville, 79, Brown County, 39, Edgewood, 20. Edgewood won with 125 points at the Cordon Central Stargazer Invitational. Bloomington North, second at the Columbus North Invite with 106 points. In boys track and field, Bloomington South wins 106-25 over Columbus East. The Panthers beat Columbus North, 69-58. Bloomington North wins a three-way meet, scoring 110.5 points to 42.5 for Bedford North Lawrence and 14 for Brown County. Martinsville wins a three-way meet, 72 to 58 for Brown County and 24 for Edgewood. Edgewood finished sixth with 48 points at the Cordon Central Stargazer Invitational. Bloomington North second at the Columbus North Invite with 120.5 points. And girls tennis, Bloomington North. 5 to nothing over Edgewood, Brown County 4 to 1 over Bloomington South, Bloomington South beats Martinsville 5 to nothing, Greencastle beats Edgewood 4 to 1 and Boys Golf Bloomington North finishes 4th at the Edinburgh Invitational. Bloomington South beats Bedford North Lawrence 299 to 314. Edgewood tied for third at the Northview Invitational with a score of 343 but lost the tiebreaker to Northview officially finishing fourth that is a look at our high school scoreboard when we come back we'll talk with emily carico race director for the little 500 bike races at indiana university this is talking sports with nick jenkinson on the south central indiana news network are you spending more time at home these days if so then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned brothers carpet cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade their truck mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. Online at carpetcleaningbrothers.com. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. Everybody, I'm Hardy the Hat Guy. I think it's safe to say that I am Indiana's biggest fan of high school baseball. And I'll tell you what, I am a fan of talking sports with Nick Jenkinson with the South Central Indiana News Network. Catch him. He is interviewing people across the state, and I'm loving what he's doing. 
Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest. She is the race director for the Little 500 that is coming up April 21st and April 22nd at Bill Armstrong Stadium on the IU campus. And she's also a Bloomington native. Emily Carrico is my guest. Emily, a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm realizing that my radio voice might not be up to the par that yours is, but I'm super, super excited to be here and also glad we both have Bloomington roots. Absolutely. You told me beforehand that you went to South. You also went to Harmony School. Of course, you went to IU. You got to ride in the Little Five, and now you're the race director. So just talk about the journey from racing now to being kind of the the woman in charge to get these races going and, and everything else. Oh, absolutely. It is just such a crazy position to be in. I'm so lucky and not at all what I thought I would be doing, especially when I was a student. I came to IU and was already a cyclist and knew I wanted to partake in the little 500, but I got so much more invested and so much more into it than I even knew as possible. Like I've never been so passionate about something. So when I graduated, it was bittersweet, but I was excited to move on to my next chapter and went on, became a dietitian. And then here we are a few years down the road and this job came up and I thought, okay, I'll go ahead and throw my hat in the ring. And now it's just a completely different perspective. You know, I don't have to be so focused on being a competitor or being focused on one team. My role is really to help facilitate things with our students and bring our community together. And that's just so rewarding. I also get to spend so much time at the track spectating the events, which I would be doing uh, anyway to continue to do since I left school. But yeah, it's, it's a great position to be in. This is your first year as race director, but you, of course, have been involved in several years. As we mentioned, you rode for ski racing, and for four years from 2016 to 2019, you were volunteering last year. Of course, after a crazy two years where there was no race in 2020 and then no fans in 2021, and the race was moved to a late Wednesday afternoon in May, Fans were back in full force last year. Beautiful weather both days. How excited are you to have just it back to normal like it was back in 2019 before all the chaos of COVID? You know, our numbers were even higher last year than they were in 2019. Just thinking of that, thinking of the stadium and the energy it gives me goosebumps. I was lucky enough to be a judge for the 21 race, and it was It was just not quite the same race without all of the spectators there. I mean, it was still an incredible day. So many great athletes just putting on great races. But I will tell you that the spectators and the fans and all the volunteers that come in really make it. And it changes the feel of that stadium so much. So I look forward to these days like it's Christmas every single year. Nothing can get me down in the month of April. And those are just the two best days of the year for me. Now, last year on the women's side, Melanzana won the race with a Bloomington native in in Grace Williams. They dominated that race on the men's side. It was Phi Delta Theta in a sprint to the finish after there was a wreck in turn four and the, the top teams raced. Just give me your perspective on those two races last year, how the women of Melanzana just dominated and then the men's race just came down to just an all out sprint. 
Well, I would say both races were just incredibly exciting. On the women's side, just seeing Melons on it, they were just head and shoulders above the field. And of course, at that point, I was coaching another team, but you're still just so impressed and so in awe. And it's fantastic to see such strong female athletes out there like Grace. Where did she come from? Like that was her first year participating in Little 500. So it's just so exciting to see. And when an athlete goes out there and does that, it really does push the limits for future years because when women see that, they start going, oh, okay, if she can do that, maybe we can do that too. Maybe we can do something close. So I just thought it was fantastic and such a well-ridden race by them. And then on the men's side, I mean, you always have a handful of teams that you are kind of expecting to be competing for those spots. And it is thrilling when it comes down to a photo finish. And for Fidel, it was it was their day. And I just smile for anyone who gets to stand up on that podium because you know that they have put in so much work to get there, right? I mean, there are so many teams that put in that work and do not end up there, but you know, so, someone has to win and they were very deserving. Of course, there are so many things to the little 500. People think, well, it's just a one-day event. But the one thing that everybody understands or doesn't understand at times is this is a year-round thing. I mean, these these athletes train all year for this. You have a Tuesday night race series in the fall. You have a lot of events here leading up to the race. So as soon as April 22nd comes and goes, you're getting ready for next year, for the next race. So just talk about everything that goes into it. Wow. I don't know if we have enough time to talk about everything that goes into it because, we, I mean, there really is so much that happens. Like you said, we have our Tuesday night race series in the fall. We have our fall series events throughout the spring. Qualifications really kicks things off in terms of competition. But before then, our rookies are out at the track during rookie week learning how to ride a bike in our lovely February Indiana weather. Talk about, you know, a welcome to the sport, but they get out there every single year and they do it. And we had nearly 200 this year, which is just so impressive. And then after that, we start looking at all of our spring series events like ITTs, missing out. This weekend, we have team pursuit. And then that's kind of last thing before this big race in April. So something I think people don't realize is, just like you said, the year-round training that goes into it for our athletes and all of it, the students are actually the ones that really put this race on. And that's something in my position I've got to appreciate a lot more is just how much our steering committee, their gunners, the IUSF volunteers, they transform that stadium race week. They plan so much. They work so hard to put on this fantastic event for other students. And of course, it supports students And this year we are supporting the Food and Security Fund on IU's campus. The Indiana University Student Foundation, of course, is the one that puts on the race. Over $2 million raised in scholarship funds. So just talk about, of course, as the race director, your relationship with the Student Foundation. And I mean, as you said, all the volunteers, all the hard work that goes into it, and then it pays off when it's race day. Yeah, it really does. Like I said, there is nothing like the feeling of being in that stadium on race day. And if you haven't experienced it, if you haven't been there in person, you just can't quite understand what it's all about until you are really there. And when they start singing Back Home Again in Indiana, I get just full body goosebumps every single time and start getting goosebumps just thinking about it. 
I was a spectator years ago, and now, of course, I got to cover the event last year. The one thing that fascinated me about being in the infield is a different point of view, seeing the bike exchanges, seeing the communication between riders and the, the, the coaches. I mean, you've been involved in that. You know, you helped your team that you rode in back in college be a part of that. So talk about just kind of what goes into that, because it's a science trying to get everything communicated during the race and and getting bikes and everything switched out and riders switched out. Yeah, it really is. And that's something that I think you really do appreciate. Like you said, when you were on the field and of course our cameras capture some of that, but they're really trying to follow that pack and the riders that are on the track during the race. So every team has their own way of doing it. A lot of teams have secret communication. They have you know, okay, but this color means you're going to chase, this color means that you're going to go out for an exchange, or perhaps the rider has a certain signal to their coach if they need to come out and do an exchange. I mean, there really is, I don't know how many different kind of dialects we have on that track on race day, but it is a lot. Uh, You will see people with whiteboards and they'll write out, one team does the name of like presidents, right? That's how they communicate to their riders. And then additionally, that coach is trying to figure out, okay, how long does my rider have left on the bike? Do I need them in there for one more lap, two more laps, three more laps? Am I going to plan when they come out based on when, you know, an opponent comes out? Because you want to make sure that you don't do an exchange when your biggest competitor is going to be going up the road and trying to take the race away from you. And that coach is then looking over to the mechanic, trying to make sure they've got the right seat height the right bike ready for that next rider that's about to go in and bring it over to the pit just in time for that exchange. So it it is very thrilling. And there's a lot of, I would just say, anxiety and excitement when you're on the infield and you can feel it. Yeah, definitely a lot of energy. I mean, beautiful weather last year for both races, big crowds packed to the hills and just a fun two days of racing. We're going to take a quick break and we come back more with Emily Carrico after this quick timeout. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MATT or go online to MyInjuryCase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MATT. Hi, this is Bloomington North Girls Swimming Head Coach Taylor McGregor. You're listening to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Emily Carrico, race director for the A Little 500 bike races to be held Friday, April 21st at 4 with the women's race. Saturday, April 22nd at 2 with the men's race at Bill Armstrong Stadium on the IU campus. Of course, Emily, we were talking about all the stuff that's leading up to the Little 500 and, and last year's races. I think another thing that people don't know there's eligibility requirements and there's rules during the race that everybody has to follow. It's not like a free for all. So go ahead and explain 
how you're eligible to be in the little five and then the rules you got to follow during the race. Yes, I think that is something that really surprises people is this is not something that just kind of comes together in April and people don't just start training in May. This is something that students have to be dedicated to for a long time. So the Little 500 is an amateur competition. We do have rules about who can participate. If you are a pro cyclist, you are not eligible to be in the race, unfortunately. However, we do have plenty of former D1 athletes that end up joining But there are guidelines, including being a full-time undergraduate student at IU. You have to have a GPA over 2.0. And then on top of that, you have to complete things like your rookie requirements. You have to prove that you can get on a bike safely, off a bike safely, that you know the rules of our track. And then for our veteran riders, every spring, they also have to have so many hours on that track just to kind of make sure that they are safe and ready to go for the race. Of course, another part of this is qualifications. And so for our men's field this year, we had over 33 teams. We actually had 38 trying to qualify. Obviously, our field caps off at 33. So unfortunately, five of the men's teams that trained this year did not end up making it into the race. You mentioned 33 teams for the men's race. They go 200 laps, just over 50 miles. 72nd year for the men's race started in 51. The women go 100 laps, just over 25 miles. 35th year dating back to 1988. As a woman who rode in the race, seeing this go for its 35th edition of Little Five, what does it mean to you? Oh my gosh. It means so much to me. And we are actually having the winners of the first race come back this year to be our grand marshals. So look out for the Wilkie Sprint women who will be our Grand Marshals this year. And early this year, we had a lovely women's reception to kick off the semester just before Rookie Week. And I was lucky enough to be on a panel with some of the women that helped pioneer this race that went around and gathered all of the student body. And when they put on this race in 88, they had, I believe it was 31 women's teams. So it just makes you feel so connected. and makes you understand that these women, there's this whole network that have these same stories that you do. They have the same cinders in their elbows that you do. And they've really paved the way for this field to become competitive and a race that, in my mind, can be even more exciting than the men's. Now, I know you don't want to make any predictions on either race, but I will ask, as someone who rode in the race, what do you think the keys are for that team to cross that finish line first? Well, I would say there is nothing that beats uh, hard training. You really have to be willing to go out there and sweat and do the work and train 10, 12, 15 hours a week. If you aren't doing that, you unfortunately just don't even have a shot. On top of that, you have to know the race. You have to study the race. It is not like another crit or road race. It's not similar to another bike race. You really have to watch your race tape and study up. I would also say that having alumni that support you and kind of know some of those tips and tricks really, really helps. I do think that hard work is, there are no secrets in Little Five, right? The secret is really just how much you can put in and what you know what you want to get out. Now, there is a writer's council explain how that works and I know that is also a big behind the scenes part of Little Five and what makes this event really what it is. 
Absolutely. So I'm lucky enough to work with our Riders Council and I served on it as a student. So that is 12 women and 12 men from our field who volunteer their time to help out the rider part um, of our little 500 field. So they do so many things from putting on events to hosting Rookie Week to voting on rule changes at the end of the year to just coming up with different ideas of, okay, we've had this challenge. How are we going to solve it? They assist with teams getting started and the stability of those teams. They're really a fantastic group of juniors and seniors. They are willing to put so much more into the Little 500 than just you know, riding on their own teams. They want to see the community get better as a whole and grow, and um, they do the work to make it happen. Now, as we mentioned, we're both Bloomington natives, and of course, the most famous movie with Little Five is Breaking Away, and of course, the Cutters, who are still involved on the men's side, the most famous team in Little Five, going for another championship. How many times have you seen the movie, and do you watch it leading up to the race? I don't know how many times I've seen that movie. So many. And we actually have a friend who lives in that Breaking Away house now, which is not far from where I am. So just so fun to have those connections um, and those roots. And it is too funny because we get so many questions. Well, can you actually duct tape yourself under pedals? Is it actually just IU students? Is it townies that can partake? All those fun kind of misnomers that really uh, just made you know, the little 500 more popular. And I mean, I've been all over the country riding my bike and I will have people ask me like, oh, have you seen Breaking Away? And I go, oh my goodness, you won't believe this. I'm from there. I've been to the quarries. <laughs> I've ridden on the track. Yeah, it, it's just a fantastic movie. It's obviously what's made the little five as popular as it has with people in the past, like President Obama attending the race and, mm-hmm. and others. So if people want to get to the race, what are tickets and everything else? Absolutely. So for tickets, you are welcome to show up day of, and we will sell you a ticket just at our ticket boxes outside of Bill Armstrong Stadium. You can also purchase them ahead of time, which honestly I think is the easiest way to do it. If you buy them in advance, they are $35 and they are on our IUSF website. So just go ahead and check that out in our fan section. Just buy one ticket, and it'll get you into both races. And that will be exciting for sure. There's also a little 500 barbecue that that is held at 11 a.m. on the day of the men's race. So talk about that and where that is held. Absolutely. So that is in our Bill Armstrong Stadium parking lot, and you are welcome to buy tickets for that as well. It is always nice to have some food in your rally because our men's race does take about two hours just from the green flag to the checkered flag. So you don't want to be caught being hungry uh, during that time because you don't want to walk away. Something exciting might happen. Of course, the IU Media School is involved always in the broadcast of the Little 500. And I know WIUX Radio will be carrying the race. So where can people, if they're not able to attend or out of town, where can they find the race so they can watch it? Absolutely. We will be streaming it on our Facebook. We are also hoping to have it on YouTube. So go ahead and check out the IU Student Foundation Facebook page and YouTube. I'm sure we'll have links on our website ready to go so people can view. Well, Emily, I thank you very much for the time. I know you're looking forward to your first Little 500 as race director. Congratulations. 
Of course, best of luck to everybody involved, all the riders, all the volunteers, to have a safe and, and great two races. Again, the women's race, 4 o'clock on the 21st, the men's race, 2 o'clock on the 22nd. Weather in Indiana is always suspect. So in case one of these, if weather affects it, then what's the backup plan? If weather affects it, we will put out messaging about the rescheduled times. We certainly have the capability to run two races on one day if we need to. And we also have the capability to push races to the Sunday if we need to. So there will be races at the end of this April. Well, I'm looking forward to being a part of it, being back in the infield covering the races for South Central Indiana News Network. Emily, it's a pleasure. Thank you very much for the time and good luck to everybody here in a couple weeks. Thank you, Nick. I can't wait to see you there. My thanks to Emily Carrico for being my guest this week. In IU Sports tomorrow, softball hosts Louisville, 5 o'clock on BTN+. Baseball hosts Ball State, 6 o'clock on BTN+. Wednesday, softball's at Notre Dame, 5 o'clock. Friday, outdoor track and field at the Louisville Invitational and Brian Clay Invitational in Azusa, California. Softball hosts Nebraska, 6 o'clock, BTN+. Baseball at Illinois, 8 o'clock on the Big Ten Network. Saturday, rowing hosts Ohio State in a scrimmage at Lake Lemon. Women's golf at the Lady Buckeye Invitational in Columbus, Ohio. Outdoor track and field at the Louisville Invitational and Brian Clay Invitational in Azusa, California. IU football spring Saturday at Memorial Stadium, 11 a.m. to 1 o'clock. Women's tennis at Purdue at noon. Men's tennis host Michigan at noon. Women's soccer hosts Illinois in a spring game at 1 o'clock. Softball hosts Nebraska at 2 on BTN+. Men's soccer hosts SIU Edwardsville in a spring game at 4 o'clock. Women's water polo at San Jose State at 4 o'clock. Baseball is at Illinois, 4 p.m. on Big Ten Network Plus. Sunday, women's golf at the Lady Buckeye Invitational in Columbus. Softball hosts Nebraska, noon on BTN Plus. Men's tennis hosts Michigan State, noon. Women's water polo at Santa Clara at 2. Baseball at Illinois at 2. And men's tennis hosts Illinois Chicago at 5 o'clock. Thank you for joining us this evening, and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jenkinson. Join us throughout the week on social media and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports. was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.